This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Off and running, most important thing. Should have been last week, but we'll get the three points today. Clean sheet, and I thought a very, very good all-round performance today. The only thing that was missing was an earlier goal or a second goal once we did get ahead. I think we had a lot of corners in the game. One ultimately proved successful and got us the winner. But I just thought our general all-round football today was uh, very good indeed. Riley Harbottle or John Joe O'Toole, who got the final touch? I'll leave that to the dubious goals committee and let them fight it out between themselves. What matters is the Stags are up and running in Skybet League 2 and at home. Hiram Botang grabbed the headlines with a fine display sailing through the midfield, playing a huge part in the first goal of the season. But had it not been for the alertness of Christy Pym, tonight's pod could have been very different indeed. Coming up over the next hour or so, we'll reflect on that Tranmere victory as the Stags put in a much improved performance following last weekend's slump at Salford. We'll talk testing ticketing systems and highlight why fire substitutions was key to victory. We'll also find out where old match-worn shirts end up with our special guest panellist. And as ever, have your comments, questions and opinions in the live feed as we look ahead to a cup clash with Derby County and a trip to the capital. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Now, where can I put a fiver on John Joe O'Toole? Because let's face it, nobody's arguing with him. And welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Like I said in the intro there, three points yesterday at home to Tranmere Rovers means we're up and running for the brand new season. And we're back again on Sunday nights for you to talk all about yesterday's game and delve into the Derby game and much, much more as well. Joining me to discuss all things Mansfield Town related. As always, we've got an array of guests. And as always, it could be played with technical problems. So for the first time tonight, let's find out if they've managed to get the hamster wheel spinning. Have they got their internet on? Have they got the microphone switched on? Let's switch over to the other side of Mansfield and say good evening to the man who will definitely try and make a joke out of this. It's Mr. Blindstag, Mr. Nathan Edge. Good evening. Told you you'd do that. <laughs> I'm hoping it's working now. Um, uh, um, I've got the mic working for 
just seems to be having an issue internet you know why and it's it's wi-fi there we go well we just about caught some of that so uh uh, nathan's you know he's getting there he's getting there it's one of those things you need some new internet Uh, a man who apparently has ordered a lot a really long cable to uh get involved with the mansfield matters podcast in the future is mr clive parking clive come in can you hear us are you all set up and ready to go yes it's working but i'm taking your advice i've ordered a cable long enough to reach your house to Edwin Stowe. Well, I might have needed it early on because literally 10 minutes before we were due to start, my internet went down. So clearly, some, you know, the, the podcast gods are telling us that we should probably stop this after six series. But I'm determined to carry on. And uh, because everyone else has been having technical problems, because Alan's overseas and because Cam has decided to watch Neighbours from the start, you know, because he's, he's, he's gutted about it ending, I've decided to get some guest panellists in. And joining us tonight is the man who is the envy of most Mansfield Town fans. Every time he posts on Twitter, especially when he posts about getting Kevin Pilkington's shirts, his name is Nick. You'll know him better as Mansfield Town shirts. Nick, good evening. How are you doing? You okay? Very, very good. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. We wanted to get you on the podcast for a very long time because, like I said there, you are the envy of many. We can see behind you that you've got uh, a couple of stag shirts behind us. Before we delve into the the shirts on those rails and why you do it, do you know to the exact number how big your Mansfield Town shirt collection currently is? I haven't counted it exactly. We're we're in the we're in the nineties. We're in the late nineties. We're up there somewhere, um, including a couple of mine from when I was younger. So we're talking nineties. Wow, minute. that's one hell of a collection already. Why did you start? What what made you want to start collecting Mansfield shirts? Well, I've always been a I've always been a fan. I've had the season tickets since I was little, since I was five, um, and I've always had the shirts growing up. And then I started to randomly get the, the, the stags a few years ago. Put some random auctions on where you could bid for a shirt. Um, I think there was a red and white one, the the Doncaster shirt, as I call it, the one that looks like Doncaster's kit. And there was a few others, and I started picking up the match one ones. And it used to fascinate me thinking that a player had wore it. So I started then to delve into that sort of world and. Luckily, someone who lived on my estate was selling. I knew someone who was selling quite a few of his collections, so I started with that. Uh, and that was Michael at Mansfield Church, who's, who's also on Twitter and shares some of his collection. I got some from him; was very lucky too. And then it sort of snowballed because once you start to have a few and people know that you collect them, you get messages saying, "I've got this shirt. What do you reckon?" Um, I had a guy last week who specialised in selling football ties. Message me saying, "Do I want a Godfrey Poku shirt?" You know, it's that. It's it, it just appears, and it, then it snowballed and. Yeah, I've gone a bit mad with it. Absolutely. What What does the wife make of it? Um, well, like I say, we we are looking at moving house as well. So you know, the, the, she has told me to calm down with it a bit. <laughs> that was a comment earlier. It's going you have to calm down with the shirts, but no, she's she's absolutely fine with it. She's it's my I don't do a lot. I don't uh, I'm not one for going out a lot. So that's the where the money goes on it goes on football shirts, Mansfield and shirts. Yeah, sounds a lot like my life. I think your collection though is going to be a lot lot faster. Than mine, you know, obviously, you can see behind me here in the studio, I've got a, a few, and there's a few which are sort of uh tucked away elsewhere, but none of them are really match worn ones, other than the a Jose shirt, which is in the, yeah. in the back from Major Go, because we decided for half a season to, to sponsor him. That went really, really well. We thought, you know, could, could come in and really hit the ground running, be a real good player for us. Yeah, that went well. I've got a we've got a Mickey Bowling one just behind my head there, which you might be able to see. Uh, he gave us that when we recorded the first series of Stag Stories. Back then, just went upstairs and grabbed it for us and signed it. 
obviously the Beast 12 shirt, that was a Christmas present. So that was supposed to be a Brian Jensen shirt, but obviously everyone used to call him Beast. So uh, my ex-partner got me that. I don't think I've got any other match-worn ones anywhere. Um, they're very random. They just appear. They're not. It's a very. I think if you collect sort of, you know, the bigger teams, they seem to become around more. But Mansfield ones are very random how they appear. You, you get a batch of loads come out and then all of a sudden there's none for months. And um, it, like I say, it's random messages. Somebody will message you saying, I've got this. Um, it's, or it's very strange. It's a strange market at the minute, football shirts. It is. So talk us through, you know, what you've got behind you at the minute. Because earlier, when, before we started the pod, I'll just let listeners and viewers in behind the curtain a little bit. You were saying, I felt like I needed to have a bit of a backdrop. So I just sort of got these off. And it, it sounds like yours, you know, your collection is very well organised as well. So just talk us through a little bit of uh, what you've got behind you at the minute. So this was a, ra- I must admit, this is a bit of a random display because I did think I've got to have something behind me. All of our walls in our house are white. Um, it's just how we roll. Everything's white. So we decided that we were going to, I was going to have some sort of display um, behind me. Um, and I've gone for a bit of a few random ones, to be honest. Uh, some of these I think have been on the page before and some of them haven't. Um, I've got a random Alistair Asher one here, which I got from Alistair himself, um, which is the, uh, which is the waffle shirt, which is the one that's got the really weird pattern on it. Um, that from from sort of the late nineties, um, oh, losing shirts off the rail. Uh, the next one, this is one I got recently. This one's a recent pickup. Um, you can see it. Um, that's obviously from the man himself, um, customised as well. So he's cut the neckline on that one. That was obviously the scene we got relegated, two thousand and two and three. Um, I actually picked that up from Craig himself. I drove to. He lives sort of uh, out Grimsby Way, um, so I went and picked that up from him. Probably one of my favourites um, is going to be one that I can't really get off the rail here. Um, is the Kevin Pilkerton one, which I think a few of you may have probably seen before. Um, that one is the one from Cardiff. So you can see the mud, the mud stains all over it. And you've got on the back there is that's from the penalties. There's, there's white goal line chalk on it somewhere. Um, wow. So he, he gave me three. He gave me this one. He gave me the grey and the black one from the promotion season signed by the squad. But th- this one's quite a rare one because the season after he wore orange again, but it was a slightly different kit. And the season before, he wore the light blue and the dark blue. So this shirt, there was only a one made. When I spoke to Kevin, I asked him if he had any spares for the final, and he said no. It was just this one, and we never wore this again. So this literally is the only shirt, I believe, that exists of this one, and it's got really massive '90s arm pads for some reason. Um, but yeah, there's not none other of these exist. Um, so I'm really pleased to have that one. Another one was that's decided to live on the floor. Um, I'm trying to get as many as I can from the 0102 season, the promotion season. Yeah. Um, the sort of golden generation, I suppose, of Stax players. So I've got I think I think you'll find it's the glory of the amber generation. You can check out yes. that series on our website. Oh, I love a plug. You should have told me that before. I would have done that. <laughs> for a small fee, I would have set you up for that. I'd have um, taken one of the shirts. I'll give you one of the shirts. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Bobby Hassel, I've got a few of this one. I've got Larkin and I've got uh, Leroy Williamson in this one as well. So, But Bobby Hassel, um, it's, it's still covered in mud. My, once I get a shirt, the problem is then you have to try and find a photo of the minute to prove they wore it because Bobby didn't wear short sleeves very often. Mm. Uh, but I have managed to find a photo of him actually wearing that one. And I've got a couple of other randoms um, here. I've got Neil Bishop, um, the teal shirt, but from the heads up when they had the charity. Ah, um, yeah. That was worn for half a game against uh, Morecambe away. And the first half, I still haven't got to the bottom of this yet. The first half, he wore it with this patch on. The second half, none of the players did. Um, but Christian Pierce, when he walks out, hasn't got it on, but then during the game he has. So I st- there's a bit of um, 
there's a bit of stuff going off there that I need to delve into, but that's a bit of a rare one because there was only obviously the, the 12 or 13 players that played that game um, with that shirt on it. I'm going to have to move these across or they're going to fall off. Um, and then the other one, I've just got James Perch from, from this season, match worn um, as well, which is obviously, you know, he's one of our sort of better players. So I was quite pleased to got this. Uh, I've also got Burke from last season and Bam of stack match issued ones. So I've got I've got random ones, but they were just a few I picked. I was going to try and get more on the rail, but I couldn't get any more on there. So fantastic! Yeah, oh, this a bit of a set. random mix. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll delve more into that uh, later on. So uh, we'll. Uh... Uh, we'll uh, we'll definitely come back to that later on uh, in the show. Uh, Nathan's had to pop off some with some uh, connection issues, so what I'll do is I'll get Nathan on the phone like we usually do. Uh, Clive, you were sort of watching intently there and sort of listening along to that. Uh, what do you make of that collection? That's some going, isn't it? And some stories behind each one. It's not just like grabbing a random shirt. There seems to be a little story or a little bit of mystery attached to to each of those shirts. It's sheer madness, absolute <laughs> madness. I think. Uh... We'll, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that full of envy because uh, I, haven't, I haven't got anything like that sort of collection, nor will I ever have because I started far too late and I don't have that level of determination either. But um, I do admire the fact that he's, uh, he's got um, a, a wife on board <laughs> because there's many wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, many wouldn't she's, indeed. She's there somewhere, Clive. She's on board somewhere. She might be at the back, <laughs> but she's on board somewhere. My my worry would be what you know if you're spending your money on on that, what collection is your missus got going off? Because when you move house, there's going to be a couple of boxes somewhere which you didn't you know didn't know about. There's there's going to be something which comes to the, to light eventually. I think she specialises in buying baby clothes, so children's clothes. She, to be fair, to her, she doesn't buy anything for herself. It's normally on babies. So um, So yeah, I'm I'm just yeah. But to be honest, anything I buy these days is football shirts. You see, there's a crossover there. There's a good line of baby wear in Stag's colours. There is. She's got a couple of shirts. She's got the the black, the, the Jose one that you've got in the background. She's got, and she's also got this year's the uh, the blue away shirt. Um, so, so I was going to bring the O'Toole one down because that's from the Salford game. That's the one off. That was only worn in that one game, but I didn't fit it on the rail. But um, the O'Toole one's quite a good find as well. Um, that was from one off from the Salford game. Um, that was quite a difficult one to find, but um, yeah, I've got I've got a few kids' kits. To be fair, I've got my first one from '92 that will fit her very shortly, but it doesn't at the minute. I've got getting plenty of uh, questions coming in about the shirt collection, so we'll stick with it for a minute and then delve into yesterday because I genuinely find this fascinating. Uh, Adam says, uh, "How far does the shirt collection go back? What's the earliest in the sets?" Um, so obviously, the earlier they go, the diff more difficult. The earliest I've got at the minute is '79, '80. The um, the Umbro one with the Umbro panel in down the sleeves. Uh, but I've only I've got a kid's version of that. Um, and then the sort of first men's one, I've got the um, the 80 to 83 in the home. And I've also 83, 84, I quite like the red one. It's a low field shirt. Um, it's got like a very subtle red stripe, um, two-tone red stripes on it. I quite like the stags in red on an away shirt. Uh, it doesn't happen very often. But um, yeah, so you, you're talking late 70s, early 80s. The match ones are very, very hard to find from that. Sort of because I spoke to a few ex Stags players from that era and they just didn't keep them. They weren't allowed. They, they just literally weren't allowed to keep them. Um, I spoke to a few. My, my dad's a mad Stags fan, probably the biggest Stags fan. He's got game records back to the twenties and he writes them down from Mansfield Mechanic days to the Mansfield Wesleyans, etc. He's got all that written down. And he gave me a list of players. Go and try and contact those, but they just didn't keep them. They weren't allowed to. So it's very. You've got to find somebody who's got one and then willing to sell it, which is the hard bit. Sometimes uh, Rich- tracking them down is the easy bit. Richie says, what's your favourite shirt in the collection? Um, 
I've probably got a few. I'd probably say the Pilkington one just because that one, just because it's a one-off and it's still got, unfortunately, it's a bad memory because it's got the, the Cardiff gold mouth turf on over it and the white marks up the top that you can just about see there from the goal line from the penalty shootout. Um, so it's a bit of a bittersweet one. So I'd probably go for the Pilkington shirt just because I met him as well and he gave me the three shirts in person and I met him on lovely the Lovely guy, isn't he? He's a lovely, lovely guy. guy. It was, so, it was so strange for me because growing up, he was my, uh, Ian Bowling was my original favourite player. And then it sort of moved to Pilkington. And to meet him on the A46 near Newark was very strange. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a weird one to meet him in the car park to see, you know, I idolised those players and I only ever saw them as a kid on the pitch. And then to meet Craig Disley in, in Grimsby and then meet Kevin Pilkington on the A46. And yeah, some of it's been a bit surreal, really. And um I'd probably say the Pilkington shirt, to be honest, but I've also got an Evanston's Ford shirt from the Freight Rover season, which I'm quite fond of as well, but it's not match-worn, so I'm trying to get a match-worn for that one. There we go. Uh, We'll come back to some more questions about that later on at the back end of the show. Let's delve into uh, why we're here. Thanks so much for your time. And, you know, we'll have to talk. I mean, I can offer you a box of Mansfield Matters mugs. I can offer you some random other shirts. I need to get hold of one of those Pilkington ones. I was very, very envious when I uh, saw those go on, to be honest. Because like you, he was my favourite player, one of my favourite, well, my first real favourite player growing up. And when we interviewed him for Stag Stories with Andy White a couple of months or so ago now, absolutely lovely guy as well. But uh, we'll delve into that later on. Uh, Let's delve into some of your comments about yesterday then. Obviously, a 1-0 win uh, at home to Tranmere Rovers. First and foremost, Clive, uh, different seat. Uh, I was, you know... um, how was your first experience in your new seats? Because you said after the Rotherham game in pre-season, you had to move because you didn't have enough leg room. The club sorted it out for you. What were your new seats like? Everyone needs to know this information. Well, the seats are very much closer to the field of play, which is good for the players. They can hear the advice I give them. I've, uh, so, I mean, they don't always act on it, I'll tell you, but there you go. But no, I'm, I quite like where we are now. We feel more. I feel more part of the game than I do when I was in the in Greaves Upper. Um Although the you know the viewpoint up there is superb, um, but I'm happy in most places. I'm just happy to see them win, and and they deserve the win yesterday. If you look at the stats, we had the game. We, we could have lost it. Pim saved us a couple of times, and it all comes back to it's a good team performance. But we desperately need the ability to score two more than one goal. Let's say that, because otherwise we're reliant on the um, effectiveness of our defence. It worked yesterday. We're good with it, um, but we know our defence has got a um, at least one mistake a game in it and uh, therefore we need to be able to bang a couple in it at the other end so yes I'm going to fall in line with nearly everybody else that says it's about time we got another striker yeah it uh, certainly is it's one of those uh, things which certainly got us a little bit miffed uh, yesterday but we did manage to get uh, that goal uh, anyway we'll get Nathan's thoughts in just a minute I'm going to put a phone call in Nathan I know you're watching so when your phone rings in a minute make sure you answer it my friend uh, Chris has kicked us off in the comments tonight saying evening all solid performance yesterday still feel like we're not quite right going forward it was starting to feel a bit like the flick cross spell when we were passing it about at the edge of the box and not taking a pop on a positive note Boateng looks like some player onwards and upwards what did you make of the performance yesterday Nick? Um, I, I'm a bit mixed about it, to be honest. We got the three points. That's, that was ultimately all that matters, and we got a clean sheet. Um, I, I'm slowly, I think, having to accept the five at the back because I don't think that's going to change. Um, I think we still need to decide a little bit with the, the Bowery and Aikens. For me, they're the wrong way around still, in my head. Um, I still think I prefer Aikens on the right wing-back position or Gordon 
uh, and Bowery a little bit further to the other end where he's a little bit more dangerous. Um, but but overall, I mean, Boateng for me was was unbelievable. He stands out. I mean, I watched him at Retford, and obviously it's Retford, so you don't quite know what to expect. But he just looked a million miles further on than everyone else, even though he'd not played for us before. And I think yesterday he was he was far and above our best player. Um, and I think it showed how important he's going to be. Um, but the main thing was we got the three points. I don't think we looked particularly threatening going forward, but well, maybe that was personnel. But I don't think we looked massively threatening. Let's see if by the power of technology we can hear from Nathan Edge. Are you there, Nathan? I'm here. Hopefully you can uh, hear me loud and clear yes. for once. Um, <clears throat> jolly good. Yeah. And nothing but either mic issues or, or internet issues. I'm not having much luck with it at the moment. Series 6 isn't getting on with me at the moment. We'll let you off, mate. As soon as you know you've uh, moved into the new gaff, we'll uh, we'll let you off. We'll get you get you all sorted. We're talking about um, yesterday's game, of course, and the one 0 win. What impressed you the most yesterday about uh, about that one 0 victory? Um, I mean, I agree with Nick. I think um, you know Boateng in, in particular uh, looks like he's going to be a, a real sort of um, a real player for us this season if he can keep it up. Um, he might be one of those players that. If a game isn't going right, has a, that little bit of ability and a little bit of sort of um, unique sort of awareness in a game to unlock the defence. Um, you know, you look at obviously hasn't really uh, in the first two games you've know, been able to really get into his you know how he finished the, the season last year. But I feel like once he does, and if those two can get on a um, sort of on the same wavelength, um, and and he, and you get better time playing through the ball for him. And Swan as well when he you know when he gets his chance um, with a bit of pace up there, I fancy us to to to, to be more clinical in front of goal. Um, you know I agree with the comments. Yes, uh, somebody said you know yesterday we were a little bit sort of um, well tippy tappy around the around the penalty area, which isn't isn't terrible. We, we we do need to move the ball around, but for the first half in particular, we didn't seem too threatening when we did get the ball in the box. Um, so we do need to be a bit more threatening. But as far as yesterday, yesterday went, we didn't need to do that more, much more because for me, Tramia were pretty poor. I and mean, that was the difference. We we were an improvement on last week, uh, but we were against a, a, a... So we were poor against Salford, who were a better team. We were better against Tramia, but Tramia were a much worse team for me. Uh, Adam in the comments says, is it uh, striker? Is it... Uh, a striker or a service to Oates and Swan that's lacking. Uh, Nick, what do you make of that? I, do, I, I agree with that to a point. I think we have got good strikers. I mean, there's not uh, Swan looks 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 rapid um, and good in behind. It's just we don't necessarily play in behind, do we? A lot of the time, we we, we play into feet quite a lot. And like somebody mentioned earlier, a bit tippy tappy around the box. We, it's very rare do we knock the ball in behind. And when we do to Oates, uh, he, you know, he's phenomenal. We all know what he can do, but. Yeah, it, it, I think another strike wouldn't hurt, but I don't think that's necessarily holding us back. Um, I, I just think, yeah, the, um, the the service is going to be an issue. But Boateng seems like the sort of guy who will play a pass in behind. I think we just need to get the ball to him a lot around the box, and I think he'll create a lot on his own. Uh, but I, I think choice of strikers is um, is going to be important going forward. Who partners Oates, basically, for me. Yeah, I think so. I think him and Swan could strike up a real good partnership. I was quite impressed with Swan's movement sort of against Retford but like you sort of said about Boateng it's Retford so you can't really you know judge it too much on that but I think he's definitely got something about him and given a little bit of game time quite interesting to see if he plays on Tuesday night without Oates I think he'll come 
really, really good for us. Clive, I'm going to come uh, back to you and we're going to have the uh, the Aikens conversation uh, a little bit because I know that's one gripe which sort of uh, you've had on social media over the last couple of days and uh, uh, and something you weren't quite pleased with in your new seats yesterday. No, a few rows back, there were some clowns who just spent most of the second half lamping into uh, um, Lucas Aikens. I mean, I don't know what they're looking at. The lad works his socks off. Um, and he was he, he, he was so good at, at what he was trying to do yesterday in terms of drawing the defence to one side. He was taking ludicrously poor passes and making them into things. His level of control is superb. He very nearly scored a, scored a worldie at the end. His work rate is beyond reproach. I just despair at some of our fans. when they, they Once they start to hate a player, that's it. They can't see him at all and they weren't watching the lad yesterday quite clearly yeah I think a few are actually on your side Clive to be honest there's a couple of comments coming in uh, Richard in particular says I thought Aikens had his best uh, best game hold up play was really good and unlucky not to score I have to agree with that uh, to, to a degree as well I thought he dropped off quite well held the ball up created some good space for, for Boateng to go into and for, for Oates to move into as well I think it's just about getting his position right. Nathan, what are your thoughts on it? I, I, I thought he had a, a relatively decent uh, enough game yesterday and, and really uh, quantified the decision from Nigel Clough to, to start him up top. Yeah, it was it was an improvement. Um, I think with Aikens, the difficulty is he does get played in so many different positions and he, he is he's better in others. I mean, he gives 100% wherever he's played and you've got to give him that. Um, but I do think he, if we, if he is going to be playing, I'd rather see him up top than, uh, than, than sort of right wing back where he was, uh, you know, at, at Salford. So at least he was played in his more favoured position. Um, you know, I, I, I'm hoping we, we, we will see more from him. It's a bit like Bowery, isn't it? The situation last season, uh, Bowery, a lot of people, you know, really didn't like him and, even though Barry was was working hard, but certain things weren't coming off from him at the beginning, um, he, he was certainly the the fans' boo boy. But he's, you know he's managed to turn it around, and I'm I'm hopeful that uh, you know Lucas can do the same throughout the season. It's you know last season it probably took him a bit of time to settle in. He'd been at Burn for a long time, so hopefully now he's he's had that time, and you know this season we'll see a bit more from him. What's your take on it, Nick? Because for me, I can see why some fans get a little bit frustrated with. Lucas Aikens. I don't think it helped in his first sort of five, six games or so that he was played here, there and everywhere. But there's a reason that Nigel Clough has taken him wherever he's been or, or whatever. There's a reason why Clough and his backroom staff really, really rate him. Yeah, I, I think he gets very unfairly singled out. I, I don't think there's been a game where he's stood out and been a lot worse than anyone else. I think he just suffers. I, I think there's a bit of a first touch brigade, as I call him, who obsess around his first touch because it, it does bounce off him a few times. But the way he sort of creates space for others, I think he's I think he's a valuable asset. I think he should be in the starting eleven somewhere. I don't disagree with that. It's just where you put him because, like you say, he's that versatile that it's kind of a little bit of his downfall because it's kind of where do you put him? You could you could play him anywhere. Um, I don't mind him at right wing back, um, but on that you'd probably say, well, would you prefer Gordon? But I, I don't agree. I completely agree with Clyde that you know singling him out for for there isn't a reason you could single him out. Um, I think his effort is up there with anyone else's in terms of running around and, and the way I think he pressed actually quite high playing up front was actually a bit of an asset for us because he did press quite high and whereas Oates might run out of steam after 60 minutes, Aikens, albeit people seem to want him brought off at every opportunity, he runs for 90 minutes 
you know, he, he keeps running, he never gives up, and I think that's certainly one of his strong points. Yeah, there's I always the other one thing as well. He was, was kicked to death by the defence yesterday. I mean, the lad must have come off covered in bruises. He was limping when he came off. Um, uh, uh, but, you know, he's big enough and strong enough. I think the problem is that he doesn't look quick because he's a bit lugubrious. He's a bit, um, uh, not plodding, but he, he looks slower than he actually is. And I think that's what some fans probably misinterpret. But uh, he'll come good and, and the, the boo boys will turn, they'll, they'll change their mind like they did with Barry and Barry. Let's delve into some more comments. Greg says, not getting carried away, but the main thing was three points. Agree with Nick's comments. Uh, I'd like to see Gordon right wing back and Barry up top, but can't see that happening after watching the Clough interview. Yeah, did you hear that, uh, Nathan, in the, the Clough's interview yesterday, sort of uh, post-match? In the As Clough often does, he sort of reels off his what his current pecking order is for players. And quite amazingly, uh, as much as you know, we love Jordan Bowery and he's versatile as well, he, he put Jordan Bowery ahead of Kellen Gordon in terms of his packing order at right wing back, yeah, I mean, um, I, for me, I was, I was, I was only thinking that was must be down to sort of fitness with with Gordon. Obviously, he's come come back from injury, etc. So, um, you know, I'm quite surprised by that. Cause, I mean, in the preseason, Gordon was actually looking pretty decent. He was, um, oh, who was it we played at home? Uh, rather than what, um, you know, he got into some very good positions and got some good balls into the box. So. Um, you know, this system seems like it's made for for Gordon more than anything. So I'm surprised to not see him feature, um, you know, uh, well, barely at all, really, uh, this this season so far. I mean, obviously, it's a long season. There's plenty of time. But um, I'm just a bit surprised. Uh, I'd rather see Gordon out there at the moment and, uh, and Barry further up top. Because, I mean, you know, I, I think Barry's doing a doing – a, Doing a decent job there, but we did see a couple of times he very nearly gave a penalty away, he nearly, and he basically nearly had an assist for for Kane Hemming. So he is, you know, he's not. That's not his position. Uh, he can fill in there, but when you've got somebody like Gordon on the bench, he, for me, he should be ahead of him. Yeah, and on that note, Clive, you know, Nathan mentioned there about um, the the back pass from Jordan Bowery. Uh, Christy Pym did a superb job in, in making the save there. And we've not really mentioned him yet. We're half an hour in. And I thought he, equally with Boateng, was uh, definitely in my contenders for man of the match. Three excellent saves, alert when he needs to be, good distribution, very, very vocal as well. Very, very pleasing display from him. Nope, we've lost Clive. We've we've lost Clive's voice. Clive's done a Nathan. So Nick, I'll put the I'll put the point to you. Sorry, Clive. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm stealing in there. Um, I, yeah, I thought he looked. Uh, he looks very assured. I think he looks quite good as an all round keeper. I mean, Bishop was Bishop was fantastic. Um, I think I think he sort of trailed off towards the latter end of the season. I'm thinking of games away at Port Vale that I went to, and, and it just sort of slid under him. And a few other games like that where he shot stopping sort of drifted off. But it's only one game that I you know or a few games that I've seen. But I think he. Um, yeah, he just, he just looks really calm on the on the ball. He just gets it, and sometimes he'll roll it. He knows when to drop on the floor. He knows when to roll it out. Um, he, you know, he just seems like he knows what he's doing. I think he's only twenty four, isn't he? He's not very old, um, mm. but but he seems very much like you can sort of tell he's played at a bit higher level. And he just yeah, he just seems to know what he's doing and very calm. And I think that helps because we've got a bit of an erratic defence at times with Hawkins and and others around there. So I think he will help. And I don't think he needs to be six foot five. I don't think his height makes a difference because. You know, we've had tall keepers before who didn't come out. So I, I think he looks a good asset. 
to me. Yes, certainly does. Clive, let's uh, let's see. Let's give it another go. Nope. No, nope. Nathan, I'll put it to you. Talk about Christy Fib. That's the end of Clive tonight. See you next week, Clive. Mick, <laughs> Mick you're you're fast getting yourself in the hot seat for a permanent residency on this. I'm going to boot. I'll keep going. People, internet, these people with dodgy <laughs> internets off. Uh, Nathan, talking of dodgy internets, uh, let's get you back on. Christy Pym. Yeah, no, I think um, it, you know it. It wasn't caught up on too many times. Uh, you know, yesterday, but when he was, he he did what he had to do, and you know, like that, like like I said there, the the back pass from from Barry, that was, uh, you know, uh, Tramier's pretty much first real real chance of the game, and he had to be alert for it, um, and you know, it could have been a, a different story if, uh, if it wasn't him. So, and and, and I think got to give give credit to. To Clough and the recruitment because you know it was, we were saying at the end of last season obviously we, we were all pretty pretty sure Bishop wasn't going to be staying with us obviously you look past Bishop and we didn't have anybody uh, you know lined up so it was important that we sorted out that you know that that area for this season and uh, I, I think we managed to do that pretty well with obviously Christy Finn and uh, you know and we've got got Flinders there with an experienced the experience, you know, as, as a backup. So the whole goalkeeping department has changed. But um, for me, I think it's I think it's stronger than last year. Actually, I could hear Nathan desperately scrambling around there, trying to remember who the uh, the substitute goalkeeper was. Clive's moved rooms, but has that helped? Clive Parkin, come in. Hello. Hey, <laughs> there he is. I've moved upstairs, nearer to the router. <laughs> there we go. I told you, today, the closer to the router we are, if you're not hardwired, the better off you are. You know, these people in technology, eh? Are we still talking about Christy? We are. We'll give you We'll give you a shot. Yeah, Eisden, Christy. Eisden, yeah. Mick's, yeah. Mick's got four shirts and a couple of pairs of shorts. I, I'm, sure that Nick, I'm sure that Nick <laughs> covered the ground well enough. I was, what I was trying to say before I got interrupted was that in the two games he's played, uh, uh, you know, proper games, he's, he's done nothing wrong as a goalkeeper. That's a really good place to start from. Um, and uh, someone said he wasn't, he wasn't tall enough to be a goalkeeper. If you're good enough, you're tall enough. And I, I've used that saying ever since Rod Arnold, and I'm old enough to remember Rod Arnold. And uh, I, I have great confidence in this lad. I think what he, he, he the di where he's different from uh, um, Bishop we had last year is he's got better distribution. And if that hasn't said already, and it might have been, I'm making the point. Yeah, for, <laughs> for younger references, see Alan Marriott. Uh, uh, Paul says, uh, Pim made two, fast, two fantastic saves yesterday. Boateng outstanding in midfield, put himself about, let's hope we can get another striker in. And trying to make sure I don't go over comments that I've already uh, gone over, which is uh, easier said than done, to be honest. Uh, fantastic win over a decent side, says Ellen on via YouTube. Was disappointed not to see Lapsley or Swan start. They deserve more game time. We'll come on to that uh, in a couple of minutes when we talk about the Derby Cup game. Um, Richard says, Maca got exposed a few times. Pim is calm and has excellent distribution. Uh, Richie says, this might seem off track. Do you think Clough will start Barry at right wing back or do you think he'll play Aikens there? I think we've covered that one. Uh, I think he probably prefers Barry there at the minute. It seems to be Barry, Gordon and then Aikens in that order as... Um, as, uh, as in terms of packing order for right wing back. Greg says, I think Pim's range of passing is showing already and could be crucial when playing the new formation, uh, as we've seen with the wing backs getting far up the pitch. Um, and I think that's a good point to make as well, Nick, isn't it? I think yesterday there were certainly times where, you know, Pim was 
playing a very, very high line. He was almost playing as a, as a four centre-half at, at times. Yeah, I, I quite like the fact that he seems willing to, to roll. I mean, we stand in the, me and my dad will stand there and shout, pass it out. As soon as he gets it, just roll it straight out. Last season, we must have shouted it a million times because and it just never seemed to happen. But but yeah, Pim a few times, I think we, the players need to learn, obviously, to give him the option. Uh, but I think, yeah, quite a few times, um, it, it, it was quite quick distributed. I do agree with the point on Macca. I think for some reason in the five, he looks a little bit lost. I think with the four, he was quite comfortable mm. knowing when to go forward and when to come back. I think in the five... I, because it naturally pushes him further forward, I'm not sure he then quite sometimes knows when to come back. And I think he got a little bit in limbo a few times where sometimes he was near the corner flag and he should have been back in our half. And then other times he was hanging back and really Quinn needed the option. It was, Yeah, I think I think he just needs to learn the system a little bit more macro on that left-hand side. Um, yeah. I think that didn't help um, him yesterday. Yeah, and I think another thing... It's a very good on. right back of uh, Tramir as well, So, uh, who was by far, for me, their, their best player. So, um, you know, on that side, yeah, I think we'll see more from, from Macaroni. Like I say, the more he gets used to the system, uh, the better he'll be, I think. Yeah. I think we've got to get used to the system as well, because there was a couple of times yesterday, me and my dad noticed it, and we're getting, he was getting a little bit more frustrated by it than what I was, to be fair, as he always does. Uh, with, with age comes more frustration more quickly, but... One thing we did when we've got wingbacks, the whole point of having wingbacks is for both on either side to hog the touchline, to get wide, to offer the space, to really stretch the game. And Macca more than, than Jordan Barry, because we were still sort of playing more down the left-hand side, was coming very, very narrow. And sometimes we were knocking the ball around in midfield. Boateng was picking it up and he just screaming for Macca just to go that extra little bit wider and sort of just stretch the game a little bit. And, and like you were saying, Nick, I felt that he didn't quite play as well as he did when he was in the four because him and Quinn would often overlap they knew each other but in the wing back role they sort of got in each other's way a little bit almost like when we got Jamie Murphy in last year when there was the th- when the two became the three yeah I, I would agree with that I think they did they shared quite a lot of space so I think it's difficult for the, the centre mids in the three to quite know when to go left because Quinn very automatically last season I think used to go on the touchline quite a lot and then you had a bit of an overload with like you say with Macca I mean I remember the Northampton game away. We were down that side, and the amount of times Quinn and, uh, and Macca must have overlapped. It, you know, it happened two, three, four times a game. Whereas yesterday, I think it looked quite forced. But like you say, they'll probably learn where to go and where to push. And and and, and as Nathan pointed out, you know, it depends on the quality of the position and the fullback. If you've got a good fullback, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a different matter. But um, I think it will come with time. If he's going to persist with it, he's got to stick with it. I think. I don't mind the five away from him. I always find it's a little bit negative at home sometimes, mm. but. Because you, you're taking a player out of the offense and putting him at essentially at centre back, um, and I think sometimes that hampers us going forward. But if we're going to stick with it, like you say, as fans, we've got to get used to it. We've got to go. Well, this is what we're going to play. And you know, Flickcroft used it to quite good effect, didn't he, with the with the five, and we got used to that in the end. So I'm sure, yeah, hopefully, it will be slightly more successful this time. Yeah, let's uh, let's certainly hope so. Not going to use any keywords to ring the bell as yet. There are only two games in, Nathan. There are only two games in, so don't even bother saying one of those trigger words. I'm going to throw a different question at you just so you can't <laughs> trip me up and, and say one of those words. Uh, impact substitutions yesterday, obviously, uh, can now make five subs uh, this season. Um, and Nigel Clough, I felt yesterday, Nathan, used uh, that very much to his advantage. Stephen Quinn, Ollie Hawkins, both were on yellow cards uh, as the game went on and uh, used, used them well. Yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> surprisingly, Tramia didn't. So, you know, when we had this, this discussion about, um, you know, the sub- substitutes, etc., um, we said, well, obviously, 
you know, as much as we could use it for our advantage, the opposition could, and you'd have expected them to, but they didn't until the 80th minute. But um, from our point of view, uh, especially when we do get the likes of Hawkins and, and Quinn, who are basically guaranteed a, a yellow card every game, um, it does give us an opportunity to, to change it. Um, and, well, one, freshen it up, and two, uh, relieve a bit of pressure if we have got players on yellow cards. So um, you know, we 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 used all we used all five, I think, then in the end, didn't we? we? Did. So um, you know, he he made good good use of of those, albeit the you know obviously when when Hart, Hart came on and uh, more to to wind up the clock than anything. But um, you know, that's that's what they if if you've got the opportunity to, to put them on, then then do it. But um, you know, somebody mentioned Lapsley. Um, it just gives more opportunity for players like him, who is unfortunate to not not be starting, in my opinion. But when he uh, when we can bring the likes of him off the off the bench to to galvanise us, we uh, you know it's a it's a good option to have. Yeah, you thought you caught me out, Nathan. Unlucky. Um, <laughs> let's talk uh, turnstiles, Clive. We'll move to off the pitch for a minute. Obviously, yesterday the first time that. Uh, the new ticketing system was uh, in use properly with the season tickets. There were quite a lot of people that didn't get in until uh, quarter past, maybe even half past three. Maybe because they stayed in the bar a little bit late and thought it'd be all right. Always have that extra little five minutes on when you've got a new ticketing system in place. It will sort itself out. And I think the, some. I think there's been a little bit of overreaction on socials, hasn't there? Yeah, can you hear me? I can. Okay. The um, I think it is, it's a new system. It's taking everybody just a little bit longer to go through um but i do think the new scanning system is, is superior to the old one i think once we got used to it it'll be okay but people attending the ground now when there's a bigger gate than normal need to give themselves a little bit more time that's as simple as that there's always been a queue into the popular areas which i'm when i say that i'm talking about the ingreaves upper certainly the quite later the um, north stand end of it always queues for an average game there anyway um, but there were longer queues and there were queues for the lower as well and it was really just people unfamiliar with the system. A lot of new fans, don't forget. Um, but the uh, and I think there were one or two tickets that wouldn't scan for whatever reason. So these things all happen. They'll, they'll get ironed out. Nick, what particular <laughs> area of the the ground are you uh, are you at? Me and Clive are both sort of uh, in Greaves. He's uh, lower. I'm upper. We used to both be in the same block. Unfortunately, yes, he's moved. Uh, what about you? Whereabouts in the stadium are you? I'm in the quarry lane, not far from the, you know, the security office that's at the top. Yeah. If you were looking at the stand top right, um, not far from down there. Um, used to be a north stand um, man with my dad, but we obviously got shifted down the bottom end. Um, my dad still wants to go back, but, you know, that's another story. But uh, the turnstile, to be fair, I think the issue at the quarry lane was, uh, probably as with everywhere else, I think the angle, the weirdly, the angle that you had to scan the bit of plastic yes. card wasn't the same as it used to be. And for some, my dad did it exactly the same as me and it just didn't work. Uh, some guy to, to mess around with it for him. And I think it was a simple case. You had a few seconds on per person, times by 7,000. And, you know, people might just have to get there a couple of minutes earlier for a few games. Um, might not be as bad Tuesday night. Night games always seem to be a little bit emptier. But, yeah, it, it, I think it'll it'll iron itself out. Um, but the process of ordering them online is a million times easier. Yeah, it's made I it. I love that. I'm all yeah. over that. It's made it so, so simple. Really, 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 really good. And I think that will definitely benefit attendances. All I would say to people that are moaning and, and things like that is, and like someone sort of messaged messaged me, I, I sort of gave a half-arsed reply, if I'm honest. And it's one of those things where 
you can't, unless you're going to get 8,000 people to volunteer and test the system, you're not going to test it until the day itself. So, you know, you've got to bear with these things and move on. Uh, we will move on. You mentioned, Nick, there, the uh, the, the Derby County game, the, the cup game in the week and a prime opportunity. Nigel Clough said that obviously he wants to go and try and win the game. And we've definitely got depth there to, to win it if we were to make a few changes. I think there is actually a good opportunity to a, rest a few players uh, with a view to the Leighton Orient game and Wimbledon the, the following week, but also to get players who are looking hungry some minutes. I've picked my team. Uh, I'll come on to that in a second. If you were in the shoes of Nigel Clough, would you be going with the same 11 or would you be looking to get the likes of Lapsley, Clark, uh, Hartigan, game time? I think the, the, the first two you mentioned there, Clark and, and Lapsley, I think they looked quite hungry when they came on. Um, I thought Clark actually made some good runs. I mean, he likes to play Clark in that sort of Maris CDM role, but I like Clark a little bit further forward. I think he gets mm. exposed a little bit the further back he goes. I think the further forward he goes, he looks quite a threat. Um, so I'd like to see him play. I'd like to see Lapsley play. I wouldn't mind seeing Hewitt. He seems to be the forgotten man. We've talked about right back and never mentioned him, yet he played right back for the majority of last season. I think he needs to get some minutes somewhere. Um, but I mean, Clough did say he would not make any changes other than injuries, but you know, we, we all know that, that that could change. But like to see Swan, maybe Swan and Bowery up top, maybe something like that, the sort of little and large sort of uh, combination, maybe. Uh, but yeah, the, the the main one for me is the midfield and maybe seeing Hartigan, seeing what he's like. I think we need to give players like Boateng and uh, and Quinn an oats, especially because I think he looked like he had a bit of a knock. I don't know whether he did, but he looked like it. You know, give players like that a bit of a rest. Um, even maybe Maka, but I, I don't know who you'd play there. But yeah, and maybe try someone else at centre back. But again, that would probably end up being Hewitt, maybe Cooper, because he's still here, isn't he? So you know, mm -hmm. maybe a couple of players like that. You don't want to change it too much because if if we if we lose heavily, it sort of um, lose a bit of momentum from Saturday, don't you? But uh, yeah, I'd like to see players like Lapsley and Clark, especially. Uh, Chris says, always like Lapsley since he came in, he's always given uh, bags of enthusiasm and effort. My 11, Clive, would be uh, a changing goal just to give Flinders uh, some minutes. I don't think Pim did anything wrong. In fact, he had a superb game, as we said, just to give him some minutes. Uh, get Hewitt in the back three with Hawkins and Harbottle. Uh, Gordon back in at right wing back. Leave McLaughlin at left wing back. Change the midfield three to Clark, Lapsley and Hartigan to, to rest. Um, you know, Maris, Boateng and, and Quinn. Uh, Swan up front with Bowery. What would your eleven be, Clive? What would you What do you make of uh, my selection there? Pretty much in line with them, my thoughts. Actually, we certainly need to give Oates a rest. Um, he's looking tired. I don't know whether that's uh, just me thinking that. I don't think he's been on the form that he was when he was at his best for the last eight or nine games of last season, and I don't think he's as sharp as he was at the beginning of this season either. It may well be down to service, um, it may well be down to good luck, but I think we do need to try as many, given the limitations of players we've got, we do need to try as many combinations in that strike area as we can. And this is a good opportunity to do that. And we've not seen anything of Swan yet, so I think it's time to put him in, put him to the test. Nathan, what's your thoughts? Sorry, say that again? What's your thoughts? Um... I think I'm with you. To be fair, that 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 lineup you you put there, um, I'd, I would very much go with go with go with the same. Um, I don't think there's you know past those. I mean, that's quite a lot of changes there. I don't think there's much else you could you can change there unless you're going to look at a different system, which I don't think uh, I don't think one uh, club is going to look to do, and I don't think we need to do. It's another opportunity to continue to work on this system. So keep keep that as it is. 
I, I, for me, I'd, I'd, I want to see Gordon in. Um, that's probably the first name I'd put on there. Uh, and let's see what, what Hartigan's about. But um, the rest kind of um, just goes on a bit of rotation to get people, one, game time, you know, with the season just starting and, and two, rest time for, for the likes of Oaks and, and Boateng. So, um, but yeah, it's hopefully with it being the like, you know, being Derby, bit of a local local Derby, um, get Swan on, obviously, Forest lad, part, uh, you know, hopefully that'll spare him on a little bit more to go out there and, and want to get a couple of goals. Nathan, we're going to stick with you because it is time for podcast predictions. Now, this season, because we're not, uh, you know, we're, we're mixing it a little, up a little bit. Last season on the podcast, we didn't do cup games as predictions, but the change in the way we've done it this year means that we now can. And I'm not doing the maths for it. So, you know, the, the more the merrier. Let's keep the game uh, going on. Uh, we'll reveal the points and the, the point standings at the end of each month just to keep it a little bit fresh and keep it guessing and things like that. Um, so we are going to do uh, the Derby predictions. Now, I know what you're thinking already, Nathan. You're thinking there's a possibility of extra time. What are we going to do about that? Well, I'm way ahead of you, my friend, way ahead of you. We've added in an option for Tuesday night of extra time. You can select... Um, the game won't go to extra time. Mansfield will win in extra time. Derby will win in extra time. Mansfield will win on penalties or Derby will win on penalties. So you've got that option to uh, put in for extra time to get yourself an extra three bonus points if you wish to do so. So, Nathan, I'm going to come to you first. You know, you were one of very few people to uh, almost go against the Stags for the Tranmere game. You predicted a draw. What are you going to go with, Um for Tuesday night's game at home to Derby County in the Carabao Cup. Ah, uh, it's a very, it's a, it's a very tough one. You never know with cup matches, um, and you also don't know where with with Derby where they're at at the moment. They've had two games, both been one 0 win, one 0 loss. Uh, just come out of admi- administration, so you wouldn't think they'd have a massive depth of squad. So it's hard to it's hard to know what to expect. But I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a the theme of one 0 So I'm going to say we're going to have a, a another one 0 win. In, in normal time. Okay, so, uh, and then obviously the only thing to add on to that is uh, the goal time, please. I'm going to go for 21. 21 mins. Okay, fantastic. Right, well, we're going to come to you next, Nick, as I guess. So uh, what we need is the uh, the Stags outcome and the scoreline to start off with. It has to be my least favourite game of the season, the first round of the Carabao. I'm just pleased we haven't got Preston because that was the usual, wasn't it? Um, it's usually Preston. I'm going to be incredibly pessimistic and suggest 3-1 Derby. I just I just think they're going to... Um, I think we'll change quite a lot. We're still learning the system. I think they're a strong side. I'd probably go 3-1 Derby. And your opening goal time, please? 23. Oh, 23 minutes. Okay, excellent. So very, very tight in, in terms of the goal scoring uh, stakes. Clive, I'm going to come to you uh, next. Scoreline and outcome, please, to start off with. Well, Nick stolen my score. I was going to say a 3-1 defeat. I'll go for a 2-4 defeat. And I think so the first goal will be in the 11th minute. Okay, 11 minutes. Oh. So, so far, Nathan, we've had one win and uh, two defeats. Do you know what? I'm going to put it out there. I think we might be in for a very, very close game. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to go, going to be close. I'm going to say that it will go to extra time. I think we're going to draw uh, two all. It will go to extra time. And I think uh, Derby will nick it in extra time. And the first goal will be 
in the 32nd minute. Is that a, a negative prediction from me, Nate? What's your thoughts on that one? I don't usually predict defeats. No, you don't. Um, but, well, well, for you, no, I mean, it's pessimistic Craig, isn't it? We've got pessimistic Craig, pessimistic Nick, and whatever, Clive's, Clive's gone with you as well. So it's, it's all the wrong way around. It's to be me. It's not only me saying negative things. Well, there you go. I'm sure it'll pick up over the course of the season. Sorry, Clive, go on. You were going to add something there. I had your mute because it leaps back. Go on, carry on. Sorry, just to, for Nathan's benefit, um, I don't normally um, predict a defeat either, but this is psychology because we never win. If we predict a defeat, they'll win. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, well, uh, we will do our predictions for Leighton Orient as well. We're going to do that privately in our private chat later in the week. I will say this now. There might not be a podcast between the Derby game and the Leighton Orient game, mainly due to availability. Obviously, the new job that I started last week makes it a little bit harder for us to do podcasts on Wednesdays and Thursdays. And sometimes I'm not a massive fan of doing them on Fridays, but we'll wait and see. But we'll definitely put the link for podcast predictions out. Um, around Thursday, Friday time for Leighton Orient, and we'll post ours on social media um, as well. Uh, the link is now live and active for the Derby game um, as well, and you can find a full breakdown of scores, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, on our uh, website. Um, Steve says 3-0 to Derby. Victor says 2-1 to the Stags. Um, and Greg says, I didn't realise the League Cup went, games went to extra time. I thought they'd scrapped it a couple of years ago. I don't know. I don't, I'm not quite sure now you've made me second guess myself but uh, there's still the option of winning on winning or losing on penalties in there because uh, you know if it is an option of penalty shootouts then uh, we will definitely lose uh, on that as well quick quiz question for you Nick when was the last time Mansfield won on a penalty shootout oh blimey that's that's got to be a while back it's got to be hasn't it I'm thinking uh, in my head I was thinking Northampton playoff semi-final but that's way back that's 2003 four I'm gonna go with that because I can't think of any others 2013 FA Cup against Slough. Oh, wow. I don't, I've forgotten that day. Those bank of six or seven years have gone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're not wrong. Uh, Kerry says 2-1 to the Stags. Derby will score first the only and the only goal for them uh, in the sixth minute. Um, absolutely as well. Um, absolutely as well. So, uh, yes, if you want to get play involved with podcast predictions, if you want your predictions to count, make sure you do what, Nathan? Submit it via the link. And do it before the uh, an hour and one minute before kickoff as well. Uh, right. Uh, don't forget, of course, we are away at Leighton Orient on Saturday. Uh, if you want to go with the Stag Supporters Association, Amber and Junior members, it will cost you just £15 to travel. Blue members, it's 20 And for non-members, with it being a trip to the capital, it is £30 to travel. If you want to get yourself a seat on the bus with me and Clive, not next to us, but on the same coach, as us. Uh, it's uh, 07967689597, that number, 07967689597. Nathan, before we let you go, we're going to hear, uh, we're going to wrap things up in the next five minutes or so by uh, talking Mansfield Town shirts with our guest, Nick. Uh, before we put the phone down on you and let you go back to uh, to whatever it is you're doing, um, any questions Mansfield Town shirts related? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I've got a a Paul Anderson one, if that's a, a match one. If you've got any from, from that year, I missed some of what you were saying earlier. So, um, but that's as far as my collection for match worn shirts have gone. Do you, are you interested in a Paul Anderson shirt? I guess answers no, but I'll, I'll, <laughs> I, I'll take any. I've got, I've got 
Michael Caine is probably one of my most obscures because he was on loan from Leicester. And everyone says, you know, I think I'm talking about the other Michael Caine, the sort of more famous one. But <laughs> we, he, he was on loan from Leicester for two games and then he was on the bench away at Northampton. And I have the shirt from when he was on the bench at Northampton away. That's a very just, So I have got no no worry about I mean, I've got Godfrey Pokus. He only made four appearances. I've got that. Uh, Marek Steck, two shirts from last season. Didn't even play at all. So, yeah. Paul Anderson for me, that's a, that's a win, that is. We quite liked Paul Anderson, though, didn't we, on the podcast, Nathan? Obviously, before Flickcroft uh, took over, he was one of our favoured players, wasn't he, in the early yeah. days? Imagine if we could have got hold of an Omari shirt. That would have been been one for the collection, wouldn't it? That's it. I mean, if you want to make some money, Nick, get yourself an Omari Sterling James uh, shirt if you can get hold of one. Nathan will pay top dollar for that. Will he? Absolutely, yeah. Well, he, that's a challenge fan, aren't Big fan, aren't you, Nathan? Big fan. I, I, I'm still expecting to come back one day and... Uh, you know, come on for two minutes at the end of the game and score two goals again like he, like he did. Oh, fantastic. Nate, thanks. As always, we'll catch up with you later in the week. Thanks very much to Nathan Edge for getting involved. Uh, Clive, over to you. Shirt-related questions. Anything that you want to know about Nick's vast collection, why on earth he does it, where he keeps them all, how he organises them, all of that sort of stuff. Your turn. No, to I've, already, I've, already said he's, I've already said he's a bit of a nutter, but we... Uh... What he what he should aspire to owning, and and really he shouldn't rest until he achieves this. Now, is uh, a, sh- a match worn shirt of that bloke we had from what was it Burnley? Oh, oh. God. oh. he only so, he only turned out for a game and a half, so it's good. barely match worn. What's I'd his like name? A, I'd like a James Ellaby shirt because he was only played for about thirty minutes. But yeah, I haven't quite got one of those yet. That's even more random. Uh, Kerry says, I've got a McLaughlin FA Cup shirt and uh, quite a lot of uh, Matt Preston shirts as well. I think Greg in the comments earlier said he had a uh, Keith Curl match-worn shirt from uh, the relegation season. That's one hell of a collection as well. Nick, what is, other than the, uh, the obvious ones, which one are you, um, uh, in terms of, like ones which you you've got, which one were you most surprised to get? Which like ones which you thought, oh, never managed to get hold of that, but but obviously then then did. Um, the first one would be that one, obviously. I mean, I've spoke about it at length, but to have the shirt from Cardiff that I it was only when I did some digging into it and asked Kevin himself, did you have that issued again? Because when you look at the next season, it's orange again. It's very subtly dif- different. And I asked him, well, you must have had two or three at the game. That's clearly been worn because it's absolutely caked in mud. Um, and he said, no, if I'd have damaged it or for whatever reason, um, I would have had to have worn the grey, uh, the, the blue ones that we had from that season, sorry, the light blue and the dark blue. So the, that one would be one of them. Um, I was quite surprised to end up getting hold of Alistair Asher as well because I quite liked him as a player. That's over there somewhere, that one. Yeah. Um, I, I was really pleased to get that. Uh, it's just the random it, It's the random ones. Um, I got offered a, um, a Paul Connor one recently, long-sleeved, the, the stripey one with the sort of half stripes. Um and I'm a bit of a nerd now. I like I go for the short sleeve, long sleeve. So I've got Sandwith in the short sleeve of that shirt, and now I've got Paul Carr on the long sleeve. Um, Curtis Shaw was one that turned up about two weeks ago. Somebody on Twitter went, "Do you want a Curtis Shaw shirt?" So I bought that. Uh, again, I think he played a handful of times, and now he's some sort of YouTube sensation. But yeah, I, I've got a few. I've got one of his. Um, it, it's more the random interactions I get. Um, with some players or messing me. I mean, my favourite probably, and the nicest guy I've met so far without a doubt was John Delaye. Hmm. Uh, I messaged him ages and ages ago. Somehow I managed to get his contact details and said, you know, have you got any stag shirts? And he went, weirdly enough, I've got one. I've got one that I'm definitely keeping and I've got one more you can have. 
I ended up in his house with his missus and baby and chatting to him. It was the day that Man City won the title. So you can see on the photo, he's wearing a Man City shirt. Um, he was about to sit down and watch the game and he invited me in and I was in his house for a good hour uh, just talking about Mansfield. He showed me some of the other shirts he's got. It's those sort of weird interactions that I like the most. So shirts like John's where it turned out he didn't even realise that he was captain in that shirt because we found some photos of him in the shirt with the captain's armband on. And it's those sort of um, weird sort of things that turn up. Adam Eaton, I think you've seen before, I've got a blue 2002-03 Adam Eaton shirt from the relegation season, the away one, the vodka kick blue one. Um, and you can see Michael Sisson un written underneath. So then I sent my dad on doing some sort of investigative journalism into why it would say Michael Sisson. And when you look at the pre-season friendly programme, he is down as 17. And then when the season starts, he is released and Adam Eaton is brought in with 17. And rather than just get a new shirt, which I have no idea why they didn't, bearing in mind they could just get them for free pretty much, they blacked out the Sisson and stuck Eaton on top. Um, so you can see at different angles, you can see um, the Michael Sisson. Um, uh, and another random one I picked up recently was I've got a Conrad Logan poppy shirt, goalkeeper shirt. And when you look closely, they only wore the poppy shirt on an FA Cup game, but it's got a league patch on it. And I'm thinking, well, why was that? They never wore it. But the kit man had stuck the league patch on top of the FA Cup one, so he didn't have to reprint the shirt, but couldn't get the poppy off. It's those sort of random, but it only seems to be when I've got the shirt, I do a bit of digging and go, well, that's a bit random. Um, is, is... Quite a lot of that happens. It's so brilliant. I mean, it's something which I've always wanted to do, but never really managed to. I mean, obviously with the podcast, we're so lucky to interview so many of these people that you've mentioned before. Obviously, JD, an absolutely brilliant guy. We we spent hours with him back in the early days sort of talking. He's definitely someone we, we'd like to get on again. Pilks was fantastic. Um, Andy White was, was great for us as well. There's so many players in, in that era who will have shirts as well. The only one actually I remembered earlier, one that I've got, and I'm gutted because I've got no idea where it is at the minute. I'm going to have to go on a hunt for it. My favourite player other than um, Pilks was Neil McKenzie, um, which is, uh, explains a lot around the 14 and the shirt that I've got behind me. He, of course, you, you may remember, came back for a, a spell under David Oldsworth when we had about 4,000 signings a day. Uh, and Macker actually sent me one of his uh, shirts uh, uh, from them with 33 on the back and I've got it somewhere and uh, I think it's a match-worn one as well. So, uh, yeah, I need to dig that out somewhere and, and get it up. Now, you've obviously got a lot of these shirts. Where do they live? Where where do they get kept and uh, how do you go about ordering them? Well, at the minute, they're, they're, they're in the spare bedroom um, at the minute, but they're on separate rails. So on this one, I've had to obviously rearrange them, but upstairs I've got a home rail, I've got an away rail, and I've got a goalkeeper's rail, which is half split between goalkeepers and training wear because I've amassed some random player-worn training wear stuff that I had as a as a kid. I've got a white Carlotti tracksuit from when I was a kid. And although it says it's a kid's size, they are still too big. It's miles too big for me now. I still can't wear it. Um, so I've got things like that. Um, but they're in, they're in year order. So it starts with this year and goes all the way back to the home ones go back to 79 and the away ones go back to 83. Goalkeeper ones are a little bit random, but they're all in... They're all in order. Um, even the replicas go in there, but I'm sort of trying to move away from the replicas and just concentrate on the match ones now um, because I seem to have amassed quite a lot of them. But yeah, they, they live upstairs at the minute and I do find myself sometimes just pulling them out and having a look at them, putting them back because I'm a bit of a nerd like that. What's the, the process of, of getting these match-worn shirts then? Because obviously the, the replica ones are quite easy. You can go on eBay or you might have just speak to someone at a game or whatever. Uh, I know Cam's got one of the, the green and white ones, which he's particularly proud of, which is very, very rare. What's the process of, of getting hold of a, 
of a match-worn shirt. It's a bit, it's a bit like revealing the magician's secret, really, isn't it? Because if I told everyone, I wouldn't get any more. Um, it's, it, it's. I always say, Peter, I get a few messages. It's, I just say, look and perseverance. It's a weird one. It's if you if you look for it long enough, they're all out there. Every shirt that's ever been worn by Mansfield is out there somewhere. A lot of it is like yourself. You don't know where it is. I've spoke to people who have been given. Um, shirts from playoff semi-finals from players who have just scored and given them the shirt and they can't find it but it's in the loft somewhere mm. there's probably more that are lost than are than people know they're aware of so it's kind of sort of delving in those questions and one of them for example somebody put a picture on Jordan Barry's birthday of a Jordan Barry shirt that they owned and I snapshotted it found the account messaged him and went would you be willing to sell it and he went yeah go on then it, it, it's that sort of random um you know the convent if you look at ebay at the minute they're like three four hundred pounds it's it's gone it's gone through the roof the prices of match one shirts at the minute um so it's 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 just finding those random you know speaking to people and they go oh, i've got a match worn shirt that's the easy bit and then the hard bit is persuading them to sell it that's the next bit but a lot of it is just chasing people and and keeping your ear to the ground and you see random people walking around especially at wembley with random stag shirts on and it's it's a bit of a strange one, but I, you'd learn to know what's what's match worn and what's not. For example, this season's shirt, which is here somewhere, you can't get the racism badge stuck on at the club shop, I don't believe, but you can mm. get that patch. So if it's got that on it, you know it's match worn. Uh, and the season before, the racism patch was on top. So even though they wore the same shirt, they wear the same shirt for two years running stags, you can normally tell whether it's match worn or not. So it's just knowing those, you know, because I see a lot of people have posted shirts before that aren't match worn, and it's kind of. Yeah, it's it's just knowing those subtle. I mean, like this Alistair Rasher one, I had to do some digging because that's the wrong patch. It's like a felt type. But when you do some digging for the first few games of the season, the Stags only had that patches from the year before. So for the first four games, they obviously had loads of patches from the season before and thought, well, I ain't sticking the new ones on. I'll just use these. So you could look at it and go, oh, that's, you know, that's not right. But so it's just those little bits of knowledge, really, and just chasing people. It's a strange world. Clive's desperately uh, waving at me and sending me multiple texts saying, me, 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 what? Yes. I'm, uh, I'm seeking advice from the master here. Um, I Nick, I, I'm not into collecting shirts. I really am not. But I'm a bit of a sucker for a charity drive. <clears throat> and uh, last year, uh, I, I, I failed in my attempt, but I entered one of the charity auctions for a match-worn shirt by Steck. Now, yeah. definition of match-worn, is it? They've actually played or they've sat on the bench. Does that count? Um, it does count. I class those as, well, they are classed as match issued. So there's a few. There's With, with the Stags, you're very lucky that um, there is only one fan version of a shirt. There's the fan version and then there's the player version. I don't think I've got any here that are different. In fact, I have. If you bought this shirt as a replica, the back panel is solid. That's mesh. You can't really tell, but it's stretchy and it's mesh, basically. Because the players... Um, the players don't like the material that the the fan shirts are. So the fans don't like the material the fan shirts are. Either. No, I know because they're, they're terrible. But for some... so the one the one that I had to go at was Stex shirt. I yeah. went to two hundred pounds or something. I, I dropped yeah. out at that point. I, I've got a couple, but they were they were separate. To, I did see that auction, but for me, if they're if they're goalkeeper shirts, a lot of them aren't on sale. So you're guaranteed that if they've never been on sale, they're either match issued or match worn. The next hard bit is then trying to find a picture of them in that shirt. And if you can't prove it, then I say they're match issued. For example, the, I mean, that one there, the Bishop one, I have a photo of him wearing it with the heads up logo in it. Um, so it, that has to be match worn because you could never get that printed anywhere. So that has to be match worn. Um, the Bobby Hassel one, it's got little bits of mud on it, 
So that helped. But then I had to find a photo because it's short sleeve and he always wore long sleeve. So if I could never prove that he never he, he only ever wore long sleeve, you'd struggle. But with that step one, classing them as match issued is fine. Match worn, match issued are slightly different. But with stags, you get a little bit luckier because there isn't that intermediate player issue shirt that you can buy. You can't buy. They're not commercially available. So, you know, this year is very hard because the shirt is identical. The replica and that are absolutely identical. There's no difference whatsoever. Um, Nick, Nick, you so. know your stuff. Well, I, I could go on for that. I could probably go on for far too long, to be honest. No, true. Honestly, truly, truly fascinating. We need to have a conversation, sort of uh, off camera and, and off air, about how we can work more together. Because honestly, I think many, many people will be interested in this. I certainly have been sort of just looking through the social media side of things. You know, you've got an Instagram account, you've got a Twitter account. Just quickly give those uh, those a plug. Where can people find you if they want to see a little bit more about uh, your excellently growing vast collection of Mansfield Town shirts. You should be my agent. Um, <laughs> I charge it, a very good fee. Yeah. Uh, one match one per week. Uh, <laughs> on Instagram, it's just Mansfield Town shirts. On Twitter, it's because I realised, unfortunately, it was too long. It's uh, at MTFC shirts, but the title is Mansfield Town shirts as well. Now, go and find Nick on Twitter and on Instagram. Honestly, fantastic look on there. Some really good key information about each shirt as well. And that's something which we will definitely sort of uh, speak about getting that a little bit wider because I know a lot of fans will be quite interested in that. And also Nick as well. Um, I'm sure you'll be on uh, Facebook after this because Kerry has posted two links to, to eBay pages, which uh, I don't know whether they've been matched or not. I can't click on them from, from my end to actually look because it'll just, the comment will just come up on the screen like that. You see, I can't actually click the link, but um, yeah, I'm sure you'll be doing a little bit of delving to see what uh, they are. Um, before we leave, the final question uh, to you uh, before we end tonight's show um, is currently, what are you trying to track down? What's the next big ambition for you to get into to add to your collection? Naughty. Um, <laughs> naughty. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, for me, it's any, anyone from the 0102 promotion season. I've got Hassel, I've got Williamson, I've got um, a few others, but Greenacre would be a massive one. Ian Bowling, I've spoke to Ian Bowling and he hasn't got any of his shirts, unfortunately, which is which is um, unfortunate. But I'm sure someone has an Ian Bowling shirt out there somewhere. Um, and also, I'd love one from Phil Stant, just because when I was a kid growing up, my dad's VHSs were dominated by Phil Stant scoring loads of goals. Um, and I'd also quite like the uh, the stripy, um, the you know, the yellow, blue and white one. I call it the Simon Island shirt because the only player I can picture wearing it is Simon Island when he scored against Leeds. I quite like a, a match one of that one, but... Yeah, though anything from 0102. So if anyone's got any that they fancy uh, me me making an offer for, um, uh, drop me a message. I'll, I'll normally end up buying them in the end. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, uh, I'll get in touch with Andy White, who, of course, we had on our series at the back end of last year, which was all about that season, the glory of Andy, uh, the glory of the Amber generation. Check it out on our website and on Spotify and all that stuff now as well. I'm sure he might be able to hook you up as well. Nick, thanks so much for getting involved tonight. I hope you've uh, uh, enjoyed being grilled by us and uh, we'll definitely have to uh, to get you on again and just mainly to see what other shirts that you end up putting in the background. I think each week when you come on, it'll be a different uh, array of shirts that you manage to find. I would definitely, I'd definitely replace the rail. The problem is now though, I'm sort of, because I put one on every few days, I'm having to keep up buying them now so I don't run out eventually. That's the problem at the minute. So uh, yeah, absolutely. I really enjoyed it. So thanks Clive, Nathan and, and, and yourself. Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Not a problem. Clive, uh, thanks as always for, for your input. I know you'll yeah, be mes it. messaging uh, Nick all the time now trying to get a Richard Narty shirt. Honestly, uh, Nick, all you, need to, all you need to buy that if you do manage to find one is around 50p. And I think that is probably the place to leave it tonight. <laughs>
Well, that's all we've got time for tonight. Thanks, as always, for your interaction on tonight's Mansfield Matters podcast. Three points on board. Happy days indeed. My thanks also to the Mansfield Matters podcast panel, including our guests. Make sure you check out all of their stuff on Instagram and on Twitter, where you can find out more about old Mansfield Town shirts and get very, very jealous when they grab shirts that you've wanted for ages. That Kevin Pilkerton shirt I'm coming for. Absolutely indeed. Make sure you get involved with podcast predictions as well. The link that you need is in the description. The Derby game is now live and then we'll put the Leighton Orient game live around Thursday. Not sure, like I said earlier in the pod, if we'll be able to do a podcast later in the week between Derby and Leighton Orient, but we'll make sure we put the podcast predictions on for Leighton Orient later in the week on Thursday probably Friday morning. We'll update you on our social medias anyway. Thanks as always for listening. We'll see you again next time where we hope to be back talking about Mansfield Town in the round two of the Carabao Cup, having beaten Derby County and having picked up their first away win of the season down in the capital. Good night. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.